Welcome to episode 19 of the Schaefer Creative Podcast. This is part two of my conversation with Disney animator Michael Surrey. Mike's probably best known for being the supervising animator of Timon on The Lion King. But he's animated a great many other Disney characters over the years. And now he's working in the story department at DreamWorks. Schaefer Creative was born out of my family of six, all pursuing one of my creative disciplines as a profession. Animation, painting, writing, filmmaking, and photography. The Schaefer Creative Podcast allows me to reach out to my creative colleagues and heroes to have a conversation about their craft and the professional life that they've built as artists. I'm animation director Todd Schaefer, the father and your host on this edition of the Schaefer Creative Podcast. You can now support this podcast by becoming a patron with either a one-time gift or a recurring monthly pledge. Your support will help us cover our operating costs and keep this podcast alive. Find the Patreon links on our website at SchaeferCreative.studio or go to Patreon.com forward slash SchaeferCreative. In part one of my conversation, Mike talked about his development as an animator, his years of studying animation at Sheridan, and getting his first job in animation. In this episode, Mike tells us how he got into Disney, even though he was rejected in his first attempt. Mike and I met over breakfast at a coffee shop in Burbank. I got a call from Bill Matthews, who ran the program at the at Feature Animation, and called me and says, Hey, Mike, it's Bill Matthews from from uh, Feature Animation here at Walt Disney Studios. You know, and I went, oh, wow, hey, Bill. He goes, hey, well, we just took a look at your stuff, and, you know, it just turns out you just don't have it, kid. I went, what? He goes, you just don't have it. I don't know, there, that little movie you had in there, or the boxer, you might want to maybe finish that and show it to us again when you get that done. But, you know, thanks a lot. And I was like, oh, uh, I don't have it. What does that mean, I don't have it? <laughs> <laughs> Like you, Can you be any more vague? Yeah. And discouraging yeah. at the same time. So I had uh, a friend that was working at the studio already, Nick Ranieri. He was already working there. Yeah. And he saw it. And he just said, just do, just do, don't do do anything new. Just take this stuff that you have in the middle, put it in the front. Put this thing over here, and like just shift stuff around. Submitted it again. Did that. Submitted it again. And they had a review where they were, it just happened to be, you know, serendipity be that that they were in a meeting where they said we need to get some trainees in here people that that can animate but we need to train them so we need some candidates for that so then my stuff comes up in this meeting and glenn's there and other people say oh yeah well that guy will work this guy will work and bill's like well i already talked to him i don't know if he's really no come on bill this guy can we can train this guy so you never had any sense of security there no I thought I did once I, once I got to Disney. I thought, okay, I made it. Because I was, I was working in London at the time. Because they said yes. So I went to London. But then all of a sudden I came home at Christmas time and there's a letter from Disney. You've been accepted in the training program. I go, well, shit, I just signed a contract with Universal. I, so I called Disney. Like, what do I do? And he says, well, it should say in there that you have like a probationary period. I go, yeah, yeah. It says three months. Because we well, just honor that and then you can leave. And we'll have you come to the training program after that. I went, great. Okay. I now had to just go to Universal and play dumb until three months later and then leave. 
so I, I did. I went, went there. It was a good experience because I, I have family in London and England. My, all my parents are English. and So it was my first experience traveling out of the country, out of, like, overseas into Europe. So I went there and was there for three or four months and animating on American Tale 2. And a lot of the people I met there, I've, I've, some of them I work with now because Amblin got absorbed and became Greenwood. So I left there, um, came back, grabbed my, my, my wife and my daughter, and with a friend and um, her sister, we drove two cars out to California from New York. And uh, she, my wife was pregnant with my son at the time, so she stayed home and then just flew when it was close to when we were about to get there. And we were roommates with Brian. Oh, that's and, great. Yeah, so because Brian was already there, and so we became roommates. <clears throat> so it was me and my wife and my my daughter on one side of this apartment, and Brian on the other side. And, uh, and we did that, and and, um, and I thought, okay, good, we made it. So I started working on Prince and the Popper, and I was an animation assistant or assistant animator, or animation assistant, and I was working with Mark Kausler. Uh, old gritty veteran and we're working and trying to learn you know in betweening stuff and trying to figure out how you know X, X sheets work at Disney and the whole process and so I was getting near the I had him look at one of my scenes and then we're just talking as he's, he's saying uh, oh so you're going on to Beauty and the Beast he goes yeah 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 in two weeks they're moving me over I go on to Beauty and the Beast I'm like, oh so so I'm I'm so I'm going to be going too he goes, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. I went, oh. He goes, yeah, I know I'm going. I went, oh, okay. So I was like, okay, this guy's not really, like, shepherding me through. They just sort of almost like he walked in and they went, oh, can you uh, go sit with Todd? Yeah, yeah, Todd Todd will show you what's going on. And then you go, oh, okay, yeah. So, yeah, you do this, this, and this. And then and then that person thinks that you're the his, his keeper. And no. So I'm like, no, I go, what do I do now? I got a kid and I came all this way. Am I going to have to find somewhere else to work now? Like, this just, this doesn't make sense to me. But eventually I got absorbed into the budget and then they put me with another animator named Dave Steffen, Canadian. And uh, I worked on Lumiere with Nick. So uh, so I started being an anime assistant on Beating the Beast with him. And then... And, and it was that lesson to me that said, okay, the only way I'm going to get ahead here or sort of show them that I can do more than just rough in-between stuff is I have to animate something. And if they're not going to give it to me, I'll have to just do it myself. So I just grabbed one of the characters from the movie, and I did a, I think it was LeFou, and I just made up a test, you know, and animated something. And uh, I did it on my own time at night. So my normal pattern would be work during the day on whatever they gave me, go home, help my wife get my kids to bed. I'd ride my bike to work in the morning, ride my bike home, because we only had one car, and then at night I would drive to work like around eight o'clock, eight or nine, going to work, animate for about three or four hours, come home about the time my son would be getting up to be fed, I'd feed him, he'd go to bed, I'd go to bed, and the, and the oh my gosh. cycle went on. How long did you do that? Uh, for the length of the movie, I think the length, really? of, length of Beauty and the Beast, yeah. So that was in what three years, two years? Well, 
a little under a year and a half wow. animation time. But I got a, a test together, and then they reviewed you, and then this, and then they reviewed and said, "Oh, okay." He's gone. I had some animation from the movie as well as my test, and they went, "Oh, okay. Well, this guy should be animating." So they appointed me to animator. Good for you. Yeah. So now I go on to Aladdin. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now I'm feeling more secure, right? But then they didn't put me on a character. They, they just put me on the movie. And, I, that, and sometimes that means you can just be like this utility guy, and you're just like, oh, "There's a crowd scene. Okay, that, and Mike did do it. Oh, we have this shot of." Uh, of our main character, but they're really small. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that might do it. You can be that guy. Yeah. And I was like, oh crap, I don't want to be that guy. Because <laughs> everybody I knew, like yeah. Tony Bancroft and Brian, were all being assigned to characters. I didn't have a character. Like nobody, nobody assigned me to a character. Like so, I was like, so this went on for a bit. I was doing, I was doing some crowd stuff, parade stuff, and finally, uh, our production manager or. Social producer came into my office with Tony, and she goes, "Oh, hey guys, uh, hey, we're just talking." She goes, "Oh, hey Mike, well, come on, we have an Aladdin meeting." I went, "All right, uh, Tony, come on, we got an Aladdin meeting." I'm thinking the movie Aladdin, we got a meeting. She goes, no, "No, no, 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 not not the movie. It's just character." I go, "Oh, oh, I'm on, I'm on the character Aladdin." She goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I went, "Oh." So now, from college days of working with, seeing Glenn from a distance on Beauty and the Beast, but not working with him, and then now I'm working with him. So I go to a I go to a meeting, casual. It's like two sofas and a coffee table in the building, and you sit down. And there's all the animators that are going to be working on Aladdin sitting there, and John Musker and Ron Clements, the directors. And, and John's funny because I, I mean I know him well now, but at the time I you know I'm like you're, you guys I'm, in my brain I'm going you guys did Mermaid, you guys did Great Mouse Detective, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, it's Glenn Gein. I'm sitting here, okay. And then John looks at John looks at Glenn. Now if my my water was me, he look. John looks at Glenn and goes, "Who's this?" And I'm right there, and he goes, "Oh, that's uh, that's Mike." Was oh, he? Is he an animator? And he goes, yeah, yeah, he's going to be like working with, um, is he working with you? And he goes, well, no, he's working on the team. He'll be, he's part of the team. And then Dave Steffen, who was my mentor in Beauty, um, Beauty and the Beast, was in that crew. He goes, he had to explain, no, he's, uh, he's just got promoted to animator, so he's going to be animating on the movie. Oh, 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 okay. But never looked at me. Never, never, wow. never. It was so intimidating. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, my God. So... You know, I floundered a little bit in them at the beginning because, you know, you do. You just tighten up and you want everything to be... I want to impress them, but I'm not going to impress them. Right. Um, but speeding through that, I learned a lot as far as how to... Everything from simple things like how to draw eye directions to how to... Just to watch him go over my drawings and see how simple he would make things and I, that I was making more complicated in my mind. Because I'm not, I'm not the savviest of learners, but I, I do learn visually very well that if I see how you do something over what I did, I, I learn that. I, I can, if I'm thinking, this is the way you draw eyes, this is, exact, this is that is it, 100%. And I should give it to you and you go, and I go, oh, that's how you draw eyes. <laughs> and that's sort of what it was, a constant wave of that for me. And I learned a lot from him because Glenn would spend the time 
teaching as he was as you were working, and I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, um, I did, you know, I, the work I did on Aladdin would I would, you know, for me it sits somewhere not in the the best of places for I mean, personally what I did, yeah. but the learning curve that you, stuff you don't see on the screen. It, it, there's nothing I've done. There's no movie that I've ever done or been on something where I've been, let's say, at zero to go to, you know, a thousand, like an arc, you know, yeah. like to see how much I would learn. There's no place, no other spot in my life, I think, where I learned so much well, than in that that world, um, which would pay off later, not necessarily right in that moment of Glenn teaching me something and then me doing that. He goes, yeah, that's it. And then I do this, yeah, it's even better. It was sort of a slow process for me. Wow. So, um, but near the end of the movie, people, it starts again. People start to get rolled off or they start to say, oh, you're going to be working on Pocahontas. Oh, you're going to go on to this other movie called Lion King. So I started hearing people being called off. And I'm like, oh, well, then that's when you start to wonder, you know, roll call, right? Like, I mean, it's, like the, it's the quintessential yeah, sure. picking of teams, right? Yeah. Am I going to be the last one picked? And all you hear is, you don't have it, kid. <laughs> and that's right. That's what I have in my head. I've been promoted. I've been hired. I've been promoted. I've been working with Glenn, who's been saying good things to me. But you're still in your head. I still think that. And... Um, and so I, one by one, I'm hearing people getting moved over to, oh, I'm going on to this in next month. Oh, I'm going over there in two weeks. And he's always my last week on this. Oh, oh, oh. So my brain starts to think, okay, well, what, what about me? So the only person that was sort of on the same par as being animating assistant, hired animating assistant, promoted to animator, was this um, woman named Cynthia Overman. And so she would be my comparable. You know, I, for me, because we started at the same time, did moved up at the same time, and we're on the same movie, blah blah blah. So then I hear that she has a meeting with this guy Bill Dennis, who's the the guy who says, you know, sign your contract or you're fired. Um, and I went, oh, okay, so she's meeting with him uh, like next week. So next week comes, and then someone goes, here, Cynthia got laid off. I went, what? I thought she had me. She goes, yeah, she went in and Bill said, oh, they don't have any room for her. She got laid off. And I'm like, oh. So my brain now goes, I'm going to get laid off. So then I get that day um, a call saying, you know, meet with Bill a week from that day. So I'm going to meet with Bill next week. So for one week, I am like stomach tight. I got two kids. You know, what am I going to do? Uh, you know, I was living... Where are we? I didn't, right over uh, those apartments, right over there, right across from your hotel. I was living there, and I'm just thinking, like, okay, maybe i got to apply to other studios. Uh, I think Ralph Bashi's studio, I don't like his work, but i gotta, I got to work somewhere, and maybe I'll put my, my, my portfolio in there. There's somebody that I know that works there that might be able to help me, you know, and I'm just panicking. So now it's the day of my of my meeting, I ride my bike from here and go into work, and I go to his building, which we were in that warehouse area where DreamWorks is now. Yes, right. That's where we were. So he was in a different building. So I drove, rode my bike to work. Is that working? I go to my bill meeting, ride my bike up to his office, 
And I come in, a little out of breath, because it's riding to get there. He goes, oh, oh yeah, Mike, come on in. And I'm like, oh, here we go. He goes, oh, oh, did you ride your bike? And I go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I ride my bike, you know. He says, oh, wow, that's great. You know, I'm, I like to run. I'm like, oh, oh great, you know. I'm, just, I'm thinking in my mind, just, just get to it. Just do it. Just, just don't pull the Band-Aid off slow. Just fucking rip it off. And then, and then he goes, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, so yeah, I like to run. See, the thing is with running is that you need to sort of, you can't just do it. you got to build it up. Run a little bit, walk. Run a bit, walk. I feel like getting more pissed, but I'm like going, oh, really? I didn't, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, hmm, interesting. And he goes, yeah. So like, I, you know, I start building up and I'm trying to do like a... Like a, like a half marathon. I don't think I could do a full marathon. I'm just like, holy crap. Like, what's going on here? And then finally goes, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I need you to, I need you to sign your option here. And I went, what? He goes, oh, yeah, I need you to sign your option. Your contract is an option. We picked it up. She just needs to sign it. Oh. So I signed it. He goes, so anyway, so while you're running, you just want to make sure. And I just thought... You know, he was just being nice because yeah. he didn't see any. Like it was just a nice meeting for yeah, him. Right. But for me, a week of total panic and fear. And then I got so angry at myself for spending that week beating myself up, not believing in myself, not wasting time, wasting energy, getting worried about stuff that I can't control. Mm. Right. Mm. So. I said, I'm never going to do that again. That's it. That's the last time I'm, I'm doing that. So I, was, I went in there mad at him, but then I came out of that mad at myself. I said, no, I'm not going to do that again. So now I didn't know what I was going to do next, and then all of a sudden, a week later, I get a call from Rob Minkoff saying, hey, how would you like to, like you to be our supervisor or one of our characters on Lion King? And I was like, oh, wow, I'd love to do that. You know, which guy goes, uh, well, we're thinking Tony was going to do uh, Pumbaa and you would do Timon. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah, be great. Yeah, thank you, you know. I'll continue my conversation with Mike in the next episode. And Mike will continue his story at Disney, looking beyond Lion King. Looking ahead, maritime painter John Stobart will be my guest in a few weeks. John's carved out a lifetime career painting historic maritime subjects, and at 89 years of age, he's still going strong. Thank you for joining us on this edition of the Schaefer Creative Podcast. You'll find the show notes and more information about Schaefer Creative at schafercreative.studio. Consider supporting this podcast on our Patreon page, and please share us on social media. Music is by Lee Rosevere.